All right, welcome back to the Seventh Generation Podcast. We're going to kick off our Indigenous People's Day episode with a song by Indian Hill. Indian Hill is one of the best drum groups here in North America. They kicked off the opening ceremonies of the Wyatt Warrior Society Indian Basketball Tournament that was held this past weekend at Sierra High School. Very successful event. Big shout out to Tawanish Wyatt and all the supporters. Again, this is Indian Hill. Yeah. 
I want to thank Indian Hill for allowing us to play that beautiful song for our listeners. This is our Indigenous Peoples Day episode all around the United States. You have tribal communities, you have cities and states that are celebrating Indigenous Peoples' cultures and histories. There's in-person events taking place. There's virtual events happening. Uh, This is in response to uh, Christopher Columbus Day, which is still a federal federal holiday. Yes, it's on the book still. But there's been some pretty good recent developments. The President of the United States uh, has acknowledged Indigenous Peoples Day. They put out a proclamation on October 8th. Uh, President Biden is the first to do this. So I think we're inching closer and closer to um, ending Christopher Columbus Day as a federal holiday, and maybe we'll see Indigenous Peoples Day uh, replace um, this kind of outdated um, holiday that should have been done away with a long time ago. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Christopher Columbus Day and get into the importance of celebrating indigenous cultures and histories. I want to talk a little bit about uh, settler colonialism, but the main point of the episode is to release some bonus material that I've been sitting on for a while now that I have with San Carlos Apache artist Douglas Miles. So if you've been following the show, you know that I released a couple episodes with Douglas and I did some um, bonus content with him that I've been wanting to release, but I've been waiting for the right time to do it. And what better day than Indigenous Peoples Day? So basically, the bonus material is just a discussion that I have with Douglas and Erica Escovito uh, about some of the life rules that he lives by. And so it's a really short um, uh, episode, but I think you guys really like it. But before we get too far into the episode, I wanted to mention a couple of events that uh, took place recently that I was able to attend. One of them I attended, and um, uh, the other one I'm going to talk about is a series of events that happened in the United States and Canada. So the first one is Native American California Day, or I should say California Native American Day, and um the state capitol uh, was supposed to hold some events. I believe that they canceled them because of COVID. But there was an in-person event that I was able to attend at Sierra uh, Foothill Middle School in Prather, California. It was a really small event, but it was really cool just to see uh, some local California Native Americans getting together and sharing some of the culture and the history with the students And so I was at that event for about uh, a half an hour, and I was able to talk to some of um, the local community members. And anyway, it was just a really uh, small but um, energetic um, and really beautiful event. I just wanted to uh, mention that. Again, that's California Native American Day. It happens every year. And uh, hopefully as COVID subsides and this pandemic um, slowly dissolves, Again, keeping my fingers crossed that as we move into 2022, we'll be able to do more in-person events and we'll be able to go back to celebrating um, some of these important days uh, that uh, have been canceled recently, again, because of the pandemic. And of course, there's an important reason why Native Americans and other communities are not meeting in person. 
So it's completely understandable. But as uh, this pandemic subsides, um, hopefully we'll be able to get back to um, business as usual and celebrating our histories and celebrating our cultures because that's really what it's all about. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, another event that took place on September 30th. It was called Orange Shirt Day. And Orange Shirt Day um, is um, an event that is supposed to bring light to the residential boarding school system that really traumatized generations of Native Americans. So if you listen to the Indigenous uh, Red Market podcast that I did during the summer, I talk a lot about the boarding school system. I play the song Carlisle Train by John Paul Hodge. So if you want to learn more about the boarding school system, check out that episode. I don't want to rehash uh, the history, but on September 30th, um, there were a bunch of events in Canada and in uh, the United States where people wore orange shirts and they gathered to talk about um, some of the recent developments with, uh, I believe that's over 6,500 Native American children have been uncovered in mass graves, unmarked graves, and who knows how many thousands more are still buried that have not been covered um, uncovered, excuse me. And so orange shirt day is to bring light to, again, this history of trauma experienced by native Americans who were shipped off to these boarding schools, which were basically meant to destroy, uh, native American languages, native American customs. And what happened in these schools is almost unspeakable. We're talking about incredible trauma, rape, sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse. Um, We're talking about forced assimilation, uh, forced conversion to Christianity, and so on. So you might be asking, well, why an orange shirt? Why why do they call it Orange Shirt Day? Well, there was a Native American uh, child who went off to this boarding school, or one of these boarding schools, Um, Her name is Phyllis uh, Webstad. And on the first day that she attended this residential boarding school, she uh, wanted to wear this new orange shirt that her grandmother bought her. And unfortunately, it was taken from her. Again, she was six years old. She wasn't allowed to wear it. She had her hair cut. And of course, she went through this traumatic experience of being a student of these horrible um, you know, their prisons, concentrations, concentration camps. These weren't, um, uh, schools. They were basically concentration camps. They were, um, these horrible places where abuse happened each and every day. And the consequences of the boarding school system are still being felt today. The boarding school system again started in the late 1800s and it went, all the way into the late uh, 21st century. So we're not talking um, about a system uh, that happened, that was created and happened, you know, 500 years ago. Uh, We're talking about people who are still alive today who went through the boarding school system. So anyway, Orange Shirt Day is, again, to bring uh, 
um, to light, uh, the history and the consequences of the boarding school system and to have a day for the, the survivors uh, to talk about their experiences. Again, there's a lot of people who are still alive who went through the boarding school system. This uh, uh, system was in place here in the United States. It was also placed in Canada as well. So again, if you listen to the episode um, on the indigenous red market, I talk about how the United States starts their boarding school system here, and then the Canadian government basically adopts a very similar system in their country. So Orange Shirt Day took place on September 30th, and there were events all over uh, the United States and in Canada. And again, I just wanted to mention that um, because the story of the boarding school system, although well-known by uh, Native Americans and academia, and of course the people who went through it, it's one of those um, eras in American history and Canadian history that has been kind of you know pushed to the margins. And Native Americans, again, here in the U.S. and in Canada, are basically saying no more. And they're um, ensuring that this history not only is recorded, but that the survivors um, are going to have some kind of justice, that the communities that were affected by the boarding school system are going to have some kind of justice. And at some point in time, I would love to get some people on the show to talk more about the boarding school system and give you some well-rounded perspectives on you know what should be done and what hasn't been done. Uh, and I, I think that it's important to, at some point in time, come back to that episode, or excuse me, come back to that topic and do an episode on it. But in the meantime, you can check out the episode I did on the Indigenous Red Market where I discussed that history. So anyway, let's get to Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, I did see a post by the Indian Collective, and I reposted it on my Instagram. Again, you can follow me, 7 Gen Podcast, and um, I reposted um, this post that I'm going to read to you. It says, on Indigenous Peoples Day, we lift up the vibrance, power, and medicine of being unapologetically Indigenous. As indigenous people, we recognize that we have so much more work to do. Systems of oppression to dismantle, new solutions to radically imagine and build. The only way to do that work is unapologetically. On Indigenous Peoples Day, we also remind allies and descendants of colonizers to check their fragility. It is your work to understand the root of that fragility recognize if it still exists, and then commit to disarming it. We need each other, but we also need to create the space for indigenous unapologetic voices and solutions. Today we are creating our own pathways and building our own platforms. We are unapologetically telling our own stories and standing in our own truths. Unapologetically indigenous means so much more than our pain. It is our unapologetic laughter, our humor, our culture, 
and our innovative ways of surviving and outright thriving. It is our love for each other and all creation. It is our intersectional, dynamic, and multifaceted community. It is our courage to look inward and recognize that while we are descendants of survivors, we, are, we also hold the collective responsibility to do our own inner work too. Self and community care are a must in this unapologetic work. And a beautiful indigenous value that we have inherited from unapologetic ancestors. The world needs more of us. Indigenous family, unapologetically. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. That is from the Indian Collective. You guys should follow them. Um, again, I posted a, um, a link, or excuse me, a post from uh, the Indian Collective. It's the one I just read right now. So shout out to them. Again, go check them out. Go follow them. And they have a lot of really incredible posts on what's happening in Indian country. Um, They're doing really, really exciting work. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Indigenous Peoples Day and where it comes from, how it got started. So in 1990, South Dakota uh, became the, the first state to officially celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. And um, they didn't um, call it Indigenous Peoples Day. I think it was called Native American Day uh, or Native Americans Day. And then eventually other uh, cities like Berkeley and now Fresno, California, are acknowledging Indigenous Peoples Day. So there's more than a dozen states, including the District of Columbia, that recognize Indigenous Peoples Day Alabama, Alaska, Hawaii, Idaho, Iowa, uh, Louisiana, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, New Mexico, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Dakota. Um, again, they're the first. Vermont, Virginia, and Wisconsin. Um, so why is Indigenous Peoples Day important to celebrate? Well, we're talking about the histories and the cultures of um, the First Nations, the people who've always been here, who've been here since time immemorial, who lived in autonomous, sovereign communities, who had those communities uh, usurped by the advent of settler colonialism. So to me, Indigenous Peoples Day is not only a celebration of our culture, it's also a stance against imperialism and settler colonialism. And that's a perfect reason why not to celebrate Christopher Columbus Day? To me, celebrating Christopher Columbus is equivalent to celebrating imperialism. It's equivalent to celebrating settler colonialism. And now as, as Indian children, we're forced to go to these boarding schools and we're forced to celebrate the colonizer. Those days are now over. And so now indigenous peoples all over the U.S. and Canada Hawaii, south of the border, are basically saying no more. Our culture is not going to be, our cultures, that is, are not going to be erased. Our histories are not going to be erased and so forth. So Indigenous Peoples Day is a great opportunity, not just for indigenous communities to come together and share their cultures, celebrate their cultures and histories, but it's also a great opportunity for educators to rethink the way that they teach history. 
It's an opportunity for all of us as uh, Americans to be reflective on our own collective history and to be honest about the trauma that settler colonialism has inflicted. And while I believe that, um, you know, this Biden uh, proclamation on Indigenous Peoples Day is important, and yes, it's a step in the right direction, I think it's also important to note that the system or the structure of settler colonialism is still very much in place, and that tribal communities all over the United States and Canada and Hawaii are still, to this day, struggling against settler colonialism. It's important to acknowledge that. It's important to recognize that we're not talking about something that happened over 500 years ago. We're talking about something that started over 500 years ago and that continues to this day. So has there been pushback against um, Indigenous Peoples Day? 100%. There are people out there who have argued against it. There are some people who say, well, this is just another um, you know, virtue signaling woke type of event. Um, but I think that's just a little short sighted indigenous people have suffered under the yoke of settler colonialism again for, uh, hundreds of years now. And you have communities are basically saying no more. So celebrating, enjoying this day, Uh, enjoying our culture, enjoying that we are here is a big part of our response to settler colonialism. And that's one of, I guess, the rules, life rules that I think um, I try to live by. And I think it's a a life rule that um, is important to discuss. So yeah, we need to talk about what happened in the past. Yes, we need to recognize that the structure of settler colonialism is still very much in place. But we also need to remember that we have life today, that we are here today, that our ancestors struggled to get us here. And we should enjoy our lives. And we should celebrate the fact that we are here. And we should laugh. And we should be happy. It's okay to be happy. happy. Sometimes we get caught up in that um, ongoing struggle, right? We attach ourselves to the identity of trauma. And I think it's important for us to obviously understand the trauma that we've experienced and the trauma that our ancestors went through to document the history of things like the boarding school system, uh, the settler violence that was perpetrated on indigenous communities that is still perpetrated on community indigenous communities even today. But I also think it's all, it's important for us to celebrate our lives today, each and every day to find happiness in the struggle, to find happiness in wherever we are in life. This is a reminder for me because, you know, I get caught up in my own trauma and my own struggle And I'm trying to remind myself, you know, I have life here today. I think one of the most incredible responses to uh, the structure of settler colonialism is to be happy, to enjoy ourselves, to enjoy the, the hard work of undoing the traumas 
of settler colonialism. And that is something that I experienced over the weekend when I went to um, the Wyatt Warrior Society Indian Basketball Tournament. There was no talk of trauma. There was no talk of what happened in the past. It was just indigenous communities coming together to enjoy something that a lot of Native Americans enjoy doing, which is play basketball. Watching our loved ones and our family members play basketball. And I thought, what a beautiful response to settler colonialism and white supremacy. Just being who we are, enjoying our lives, having a good time, having a good laugh. Anyway, that was something that I've been thinking a lot about and I've been wanting to share. And uh, at some point in time, I know that Indigenous Peoples Day is going to replace Christopher Columbus Day. The days of celebrating imperialism and celebrating Western settler colonialism are over and a new day is coming. And that day includes social justice for communities that have had their human rights trampled on, have had their cultures suppressed, their histories erased. And days like this is an opportunity for us to make things right. But most importantly, it's an opportunity for us to just enjoy ourselves and have a good time to laugh, to give our loved ones a hug, to enjoy company of friends and family members that we haven't talked to and haven't seen in a while, and for us to collectively remember who we are. All right, so anyway, that's my perspective on Indigenous Peoples Day and uh, Christopher Columbus. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show Again, this is some bonus content with Apache, San Carlos Apache artist Douglas Miles and Mescalero Apache Eric Escovito. It's a conversation that we had, some bonus material. I've been waiting to drop this for a while. I hope you guys enjoy it. And it's a good day to be indigenous. Peace. I always encourage people to as an artist and, you know, having been in the field for like over three decades and, you know, getting known as an artist raising a family raising kids and you know working in the community but i always tell people um if you put the people first and you put your community first you're never going to go wrong if you just put your people first put your community first uh you'll you'll never um you'll never not have friends you'll never not have you know cuz people want to know like oh how do we get connected or how do we get known Uh, those things are not important what's most important is serving your community because if you serve your community all those things will come they will come they'll just happen like i feel like sitting in this gallery surrounded by eric's work that that his um his accolades and and his opportunities are going to come because this show and this work is here the work is speaking for him now he almost doesn't have to say anything because when people see it there's going to be some people uh, higher up that will see the work and say we want that may not want that piece but they they're going to want this voice where they're at because his his he's finding his voice as a visual artist now as a painter which is not an easy thing to do that takes time like i heard him say earlier he's known bernard navarro for 10 years 10 years and that's an, that's another one of my quotes i always say uh it takes 10 years just to get good at something I didn't say great or awesome or dope. Ten years just to get good. 
So uh, young artists need to know that you you have to really put in a lot of work. And and uh, I also say tell young artists that just find out what you're good at and keep doing it. Like just keep doing it. And and you can be good at a lot of different things. You you could be good at you know a lot of different things at one time, but what you really like and what you really want to do and what you're really good at doing, I just say just keep doing it. And it could be poetry, it could be just talking, it could be making movies, taking pictures, but keep doing it. And the more you do it, the better you get. Uh, like the Bruce Lee quote about the man, uh, don't fear the man that knows 10,000 kicks, right? Fear the man that can do one kick 10,000 times, which means what? Yeah, so it means that you keep working on that one thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to get so dope at it, mm-hmm. nobody's going to be able to touch you. Yeah, so when he kicked the person, they felt that. Yeah. He, he knew how to, he knew where that kick was going to go. He knew where to put it. He knew what that person was going to feel when he made contact with that person. Yeah, when people are having difficulties kind of finding their way and maybe figuring out that one thing, what advice do you give them? Um, I, I always say go, go with what you feel peaceful about. What, 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 where you feel peace, like whether it's in a relationship, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know about this person, but if you feel peaceful around them, then stay hanging with them. You don't have to go out with them. You don't have to date them. You don't have to. You can just if you like hanging out with them and, and they make you feel good about yourself, just be their friend. If it's a job, a job decision, whatever decision, if you feel peaceful and like, oh, I feel peaceful. It could be even just you know working at Walmart. Not saying that's a bad thing, but if you feel like yeah, I feel peaceful. I'm going to take a job at Walmart or Target. Then take it. But if you feel anxiety or nervousness. You know, it, and it's interesting because when I was thinking about coming out here, I was thinking like how well this worked for me to like when I texted you, you text me right back. You went out and looked at the vehicle and you and I said, I trust because I trust you because I, I respect you and I know that you know what's up. So you're the best person for me to work with. And so um, and when you said yes, yes, yes to all these things. And you said, yes, I'll take care of this. Yes, I'll handle this. Yes, I can do that. I knew. I could just tell that you knew. So, uh, And it made me feel peaceful. I felt peaceful about it. But if, if you would have hesitated and said, oh, I don't know, Doug, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have come out. I wouldn't have got this far. But because, because uh, I felt peace about it and everything worked almost uh, perfectly and I feel good about it, um, but that's how you know when you're in the right place is when you feel peaceful about something. You feel a peace around you or, or with you, you know. So I don't know. That sounds that might sound kind of like uh, I'm not trying to sound like new agey or anything like that. I'm not trying to sound pseudo spiritual or nothing like that. I'm just trying to say that uh, some people might call it intuition. You know, uh, what's the other word for intuition? You know, um, instinct. Some people call it like an instinct, but. A vibe now people use that word a lot oh you gotta feel a vibe we vibing you know and that's cool too but but there's something um there's something very real and honest about talking about these vibes that we get from people but i'm talking you know really just talking about be led by the peacefulness that you feel because we all go to the crossroads we all have to make that decision and just d- go with what you feel peace with man i like it I like it. That's kind of where I'm at in my life too. And I feel like 
my decisions that I make on what I want to do has a lot to do with, will this bring me peace? You know, will this add value to my life and bring a, an element of balance to my life? Yeah, no. And, and, and it's okay to, to say no to some things too. It's okay to say no, you know, it's okay to say no to, uh, another job or uh, even another art show like i have a guy that wants me to help him with the art project back in arizona but i'll probably not because i don't like the guy but i'll probably have to say no just because i you know i'm doing projects like this you know i'm here you know i I need the freedom to be here um and so sometimes you have it's so and sometimes we want to say yes because we want to be the nice native guy we want to be the nice native artist shoot i said yes to a guy who did an art show, had my work, traveled my work in his art show, and then later he started to talk bad about me, started to badmouth me, started to backstab me, started to tell close friends of mine, like, oh, he's this way, he's that way. And I'm, so you learn a lesson, right? You learn, like, oh, I was just trying to be nice to the guy, right? Help him out. And then, you know, and, and you know how that is. Like, guys like us. Unfortunately, like, yeah. We, we, we remember those things. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you're building an art career, you want to work with people that are stable, that are stable. And that, I think that's the other thing I wanted to, that I always tell people is like, when you're an artist or as you create your career, what a lot of people don't know is what makes an artist good and eventually great is, I believe, stability. It, but nobody ever talks about that. They, we've been taught and kind of brainwashed to believe like, oh, an artist has to struggle and be wasted or always drunk or high or you know, struggling and suffering. And that's not true. The more stable you are, the better your art becomes. Oh, I'm really happy that you said that because I think my idea of like a great artist is somebody who maybe isn't all that stable. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it it, it can work, but it doesn't. But that kind of chaos can work if you're Mick Jagger and you got 20 or 30 yeah. people hanging out with you and paid to get you to the club or that chaos could work if you're Johnny Cash and you know you have a producers and that are hanging out with you but in real life we don't have those people you know yeah you know so that yeah. works for rock and roll stars and maybe actors but for those of us down here on the street you, you got to be get some stability in your life yeah well it's a great life lesson right there so what's uh one of the toughest life lessons you've had to learn? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly learning uh, uh, to sort of like trust myself, of course, but I, I, I guess the toughest life lesson is probably learning to... Um, maybe just let go of things something and sometimes it's not it's not even like a negative feeling or a bad feeling but um it's learning to let go of of things that you like or uh, and maybe give it away to someone like something that you really really want to keep for yourself but you give it to someone or um and i think that's and then i think probably the other thing is learning to be patient you know like it's not always easy to be patient, especially in the modern society. So that's always been hard because we all want everything kind of now, you know, well, well, we want to get married now, or we want to get a job now, or we want to get wealthy now, or we want to get fame now or whatever those things are. But in reality, um, 
uh, finding a compatible partner, finding a perfect kind of job that fits you, uh, getting the financial security that you want, those things take time. Those things take time and thought and planning and effort and sometimes a little trial and error. But really, it takes a lot of patience. It takes because if you're look, if it, let's talk about relationships, that kind of special person, you just don't meet that person every day. Like we we're teasing Eric about it, but that special woman, he's not going to meet her every day. You know, I mean, he'll meet her probably here, or he'll meet her in a place that he doesn't realize. Shoot, you might meet her tonight. <laughs> <laughs> What street is that? Where are we going to go tonight? Oh, Ventura. I always tell my friends, they'll say, I say, come on out. You should come with us. Come with us. And they go, why? I'm just going to stay home. I was like, because you might meet Mr. Wright. You might meet Eric Damien tonight. <laughs> Ladies, come on out. <laughs> so, and they're like, no, I'm probably going to meet Mr. Wrong. I could be that too. <laughs> yeah. So, but really though, I think it's, it's really important to learn to be patient. And I think as we, I realized like myself, as I gotten older, I have more patience for certain things, but as I've gotten older, there's other things I don't have any patience for at all. Yeah. Right. Like, cause like with yeah. little kids, I realized with children, I have more patience cause I have grandkids now. Right. So I'm like, Oh, that's what kids do. They make messes and they spill milk and you know, they crack up chips in your car and things like that. That's just kids. Right. But, but like two faces and liars and backstabbers i got no patience whatsoever fuck them (laughs) ouch (laughs) boom i got no patience whatsoever for that i like like you're done stick a fork in in you yeah liars backstabbers no eric how how do they handle that type of person how how do we handle those type of people in fresno how do we we handle them yeah (laughs) well before is die on every hill you know anyone the way I feel is anyone who's inauthentic and they were in my space, I call them out. And that was really hard, especially when you're in certain spaces, you're trying to do things with community. And what I didn't realize is like everyone in community, we all have our quirks and you're just going to be, you know, I think the patience thing is good. This is an important conversation actually, because yeah. it happens. We, we, we want to act like it doesn't happen because we got it all together and we're cool, but this stuff happens. Yeah. yeah I think being patient is, is a good way, but you know, you want to make sure that, the battles you are fighting and the people you are confronting, if they're, you know, it may not be dishonesty or backstabbing. It could just be something that's not healthy for you personally and then people you're around. And for me, that's what I look like, look at when I'm assessing whether or not I want an individual to work with them or I want them in my life is like, you know, and the stability thing too is another thing. But if I see effort, they're not stable, but I see them trying yeah that that means something to me too it's important yes. yeah so like i wouldn't walk away from someone struggling because if they're right. they're really trying then you know i i'm i was there I, you know i'm I mean, who knows i might end up being there again so i always keep that in mind like where i where i was at one time especially yes. when i was wasn't sober and um just knowing that some people are just far, farther ahead in their wellness if they even found their wellness some people haven't even found their wellness and they're just they're just, you know, doing their thing. I don't want to say they're lost. They're just doing their thing, and that's okay. But you got to admit, there's some pretty fucked up people out there. Yeah. Some they're not fucked up things that... That's real. You know, who who come across as being, quote unquote, stable and peaceful. Or and woke. Or woke. Uh, yeah. Or, or yeah. activism or, type people, yeah. too. And that, exactly. those are the kind of people I, I, you know, being in the activist space, if we're going there, those are the people I swept out right away. 
Mm-hmm. Like I don't got time for your your grandstanding mm-hmm. or just because you read a couple of books. Like that's mm-hmm. not what we're here for. I haven't read mm-hmm. any books, but I'm here to do the work. Mm-hmm. I'm here with my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, are you here with your heart? Mm-hmm. Uh, how is that heart? How is that mind? Mm-hmm. Are you well? And for me, like when you, these people who aren't well, and that's why I use the word you want to use fucked up. We use fucked up. People who are fucked up. And then coming through these spaces, it's like, hey, like I get that you want like your heart may be in the right place and you want to help, but you need to get your mind right. There's other parts of your of your being as a human where it's your spirit, your mind, your body. You need to get those things right before you come here, because you especially with the mind, when the mind's not well, it gets everyone else sick. It gets it affects our work. It affects what we do. We may be able to get things done, but I guarantee we would have got it done a lot better if you had been well, if you weren't fucked up. So, like, I think get right with yourself and. And I think that's important. And and again, I was guilty of all that too. But I always had my heart in the right place. And I, I my mind was in the right place. I just wasn't treating my body well. And my spirit wasn't well. So yeah. I, I think when it comes to people who are haters, backstabbers, whatever, all that stuff to me, the way I look at it is like I'm not even sweating them. They're not even on my radar because I have a trajectory. And I, I make sure like when I have control of my space that I have people in there that we're all vibing we're all we're all you know it's not not it's not like we're using each other but we're all getting something we all benefit in the pleasure of each other's company or doing the work together if it's a colleague and those people who are not well and doing their thing like i'm not even they're they're back here like i can hear them or they they come and make their presence known in, in my life or in spaces i'm at but i don't even sweat them anymore i got to the point like i said i'm not dying on every hill anymore i'm gonna look at them it's like all right you being in this space is this gonna affect the ultimate goal of what we're doing here or what I'm doing? No? Well, then you can be in this space. I don't care. But as soon as you start getting my way or getting someone else's way that's trying, then we're going to have problems. And that's where I, I come direct and I come hard. That's where all that energy I was used to waste fighting every battle is saved up for those ones that really count and come hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm at that point And I was t- telling you earlier when we were talking about, you know, I only want to work with a handful of people anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want, I want to work with you. I want to get you here to Fresno. I want to continue to work with my man right here, um, Eric. Um, but there's really just a handful of people. And it's funny because it has to do with everything you said. Is I, want to be, I want to live in peace, right? I want to be stable. I want to have a stable life. And you start letting these other elements into your life, it can just create chaos. And maybe that works for some people, but it doesn't work for me. Not anymore, anyway. Maybe it did in the past. I don't know. But... I have very little tolerance for it. No, you're, you're both. And I think really what we're really talking about is in it's uh, these are form. This is the way that we um, kind of manifest and form leadership. Like our role as community men in the community and people in the community, uh, it, we have to learn how to lead and, and, and guide ourselves and guide others. So in, in, Really, what people are listening to is an actual behind-the-scenes kind of session of how to lead, how to be good leaders. And sometimes leaders, just like someone who's in charge of you know employees, have to know you know how to put the right employee at the right office in the right place at the right time, and not saying anything disrespectful about uh, respectful about anyone in particular. But as as we learn to lead, as we learn to all lead into the next couple of decades. This is these conversations kind of had to be had, and unfortunately, some people um, will not make it, so to speak. Uh, they, some people will f- kind of fall by the wayside because 
because like Eric said, their intent is was never there. Anyways, it was probably you know like clout, like chasing clout, right? Oh, I'm gonna hang out with Eric because he gave me clout, or, or you know whatnot, or but in reality, um, we're actually I think do podcasts like this, kind of teaching and encouraging people, kind of showing them how to lead and and the yeah. things that we think about. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, you know, and I think it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I can't work with people like that. I can't deal with people who are living in chaos, right? I don't want to be around people who are drunk and out of control or abusing drugs or talking badly about people. You know, I mean, I'm at that point in my life where I can't even be around another individual who just has you know, so much hate in their heart where they're bad mouthing somebody. Uh, I just don't have time for that kind of energy, you know? And, you know, whenever I encounter people like that, I become more and more honest about it in telling people, Hey, look, man, you know, I really can't go there with you. You know, I'm just, you know, I understand it, but I really can't. And I think it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I wish I would have did that mm-hmm. a long time ago with my life where I wish I would have said, you know, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that mm-hmm. chaos, that type of energy. Take it somewhere mm-hmm. else. And I'm definitely at that point in my life now where I can say it and I feel okay in saying it. And, you know, I know it probably it might hurt some people. It might not make people very happy with me. It might mm-hmm. even encourage people even to dislike me. Mm-hmm. But I'm at that point where I feel comfortable and saying, you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care if this person doesn't like me because I don't want their chaos in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's okay. And I think people that are listening to the podcast need to need to hear that, that it's okay to say no, like we said earlier, yeah. to, to distance yourself or or to have boundaries. You know, there's, there's no, yeah. you know, and, it, and we all make mistakes, but it's okay. Yeah, too. absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I just want to agree with real quick what you said earlier of being, having the will to let go of things. And I think that goes in line with people, right? They're not things, they're people. But right. um, when you said letting go of things that you might like, you might enjoy. Right. Um, and I think when it comes to objects, there's a different attachment, right? right. Obviously, but when people in your life that you might you might really like, but they have, they might not be good for you. True. You know, or you know, they're not in a good way, and right. And there's people that I, you know I've gone through a lot these past four years of my life, and. Um, I've had to let go of a lot of people that I really cared for, that I had love for. Mm-hmm. And when I let them go, I had more peace in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I start understanding, you know, okay, well, this is how life works sometimes. Sometimes you just got to move forward. And so me having that perspective now, it's, a, it, 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 you know, like when it comes to things I don't like, it's like I said, I don't even, they're not even on my radar. It's not even on my radar anymore. It's the things that I do bring into my life that I do like. And it's just like, okay, this is still not healthy. This is still not a good person to be in my life personally or, wor- or to work with. And so I think what you said, the be willing to let go. And then also too, with the thing you said, letting go of things that you like, I think that's important. I do. I try to do that in my practice on my walk. Now I give people stuff that has value to me. It's not stuff that like, Oh, it was in my closet. I'm not using it. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that I still enjoy mm-hmm. and I have an attachment. And I think, when you're that type of human being where it's things that you love, you really love and you're still giving it away. That's a more meaning in my sense. Every gift is meaningful, mm-hmm. but those are the gifts that I think have carried more value because there's still a, an attachment you have to it when you give it to that person. Mm-hmm. 
and it means something. And when you see how much it means to them and what they do with whatever it is, then you're still getting something from that object, even if it's not in your possession. Mm -hmm. And I've done that and I still continue to do that. I give, I've given away instruments, speakers, clothes, and you know, like, man, they're like, it's a dope jacket. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, here, you know, what the, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, Mm -hmm. then I can't take it. I was like, yeah, take it. I want you to, it is a dope jacket. I like it, but here, you know, and I think that's a very beautiful, the way you said it, just like being willing to let go things you like and things you don't like is, is, is so, that is one of the most important things that I've learned in the past few years of my growth. Man, learning to let go and giving, I mean, giving is just such a, I don't know, just a beautiful thing anyway. I, I'm at that point in my life as well where I want to give as much as I can, right, without, again, inviting chaos and craziness into my life. But, um, I mean, there is something to be said about um, letting go, sometimes letting go for the friends that maybe don't fit into your lifestyle any longer, sometimes letting go of material possessions that maybe – um, somebody else would, you know, gain more value from. And, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, letting go of bad partnerships and, um, yeah, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot one more thing. Buck Columbus, Andrew Jackson, Juan de Onate, John Smith, Captain Cook, and any and all colonizers. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day.